Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29 of Peach Hoops podcast, where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm Kevin, he's Glenn. We're recording a day after the Hawks' 10-point season opening win uh, against the Houston Rockets. Glenn, what do, you, what do you think of the Houston Rockets' playoff chances? Uh, not, I'm not feeling great about that part, Kevin. No. So, but, I mean, the, quite a, a lot of young talent, so give them you know, a couple of years and maybe they're knocking on the door. Oh, yeah, I... <laughs> I'm a believer in that. Like two two years, they they will have something there. I think a lot of those players are going to be good. Great. Uh, so onto the Hawks. Uh, kind of a slow start, first quarter, some feeling out, and then things changed. Uh, on October 20, how do you feel differently about the Hawks than you did on October 18, or do you feel pretty much the same way? Well, I mean, I, I think I, I think I feel the same way. Uh, you know, I kind of leaned into like right after the game. Um, wow, really good to get like that much good efficient offense from JC and Hunter, uh, especially in, in a night where Trey had a slow start shooting the ball, um, and and Clint really um, uh, didn't really give them anything from a scoring standpoint. You know. Um, so to the balanced offense, I thought was really encouraging. Uh, once I kind of worked through uh, a good bit of the rewatch, I had reminded myself that the Rockets are probably the worst defense of the team in the league. Wait, wait, I got to restate that. Despite having Bruno Fernando, the Rockets are still probably the worst defensive team in the league. So, uh, you know, so you just have to kind of remind yourself a little bit about the fact that you know, JC looked great. And, 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 you know, we believe in JC on this podcast, I think it's fair to say. Um, but the Rockets play really inexperienced guys at power forward, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, JC got to his spot. I think um, for every touch, except one where he got kind of pushed up out of his spot. And we think about what he's going up against Giannis or when he's going up against PJ Tucker, you know, and, and especially in games that matter, he really has to fight to get to his spot. He JC got caught the ball where he wanted to that whole game. Dre was quick with his decisions, um, but no one was pressuring his handle, you know, really at, at all. So I, it, I'm not, I don't say that to suggest that we shouldn't be encouraged by the balanced offense and uh, the way that they were able to kind of find their groove as the game went along. Um, but just to remind ourselves that they're going to face better defenses as the uh, season kind of progresses from here. What about on the other side of the ball? What, what sort of impressions do you take away from the defense? Sort of big oh, picture. Yeah, I mean, I thought Clint looked great, uh, and and it, it, well, I think maybe the primary thing 
I love about Clint is the fact that he doesn't care if he's scoring or getting touches. He's still going to work on the boards. He's going to work, protect the rim. Uh, and he just challenged so many shots uh, in that game. So that's, that's I think, an important kind of baseline defensive factor for them. So that was good to see. Uh, he had, like he, like he showed in the preseason, he had good verticality. Um, I, I think he's getting, uh, you know, more verticality than he was last year. So hopefully that suggests he's feeling good and the knee and the, and the foot and all that stuff were feeling good. Uh, you know, I thought it was noteworthy that the Hawks really kind of found their gear for the first time when the second unit came in and picked up the defensive energy. Um, Aaron Holiday was a part of that. Justin Holiday as well. Uh, Anyeka was active in his first stretch um, and such. So I thought, I thought they were pretty, um, kind of in a, in a rut overall until the second unit kind of checked in midway to the latter part of the first quarter. And I thought that's when they kind of kind of kicked in. And then the, I thought the rest of the game just kind of kind of flowed from there. Scheme-wise, they did the same thing they did in the preseason, not much switching, chasing over screens. I thought they were um, uh, taking kind of wide angles around screens in the first half. I thought it got a lot better in the second half, especially Hunter. Uh, was really kind of uh, cutting that uh, angle off, cutting that closer. Um, and Aaron Holiday was kind of doing that, I guess. He's the one guy who's doing that the whole game. So, you know, I mean, first game stuff, like a little bit, some stuff was loose, some stuff was not as crisp as you maybe want it to be. That's normal. Um, but I thought the second unit established a defensive energy uh, that kind of helped them. And then I thought that DeJounte and Trey kind of figured out how to share the ball and, and how to uh, do so in a way that, helped uh, other guys get a good look. So, um, you know, I know DeJounte set up to the game. It was too close. And yeah, hopefully, it, you know, before we wrap up, we can kind of talk a little bit about DeJounte's comments after the game. But, uh, you know, someone could say, hey, they should have handled that a little bit more easily. But first games are always weird. And um, when they needed to, they kind of found their footing and took control of the game. Yeah, A lot, a lot to process there. I think, you know, part of the reason that game wasn't as easy to handle is because of how the first quarter shook out. You know, you mentioned Bruno, and, and we love Bruno, and Bruno had a good game, but he was especially good in the first quarter. Uh, I, I think he kind of took, took it to the Hawks a little bit. They were having trouble trying to find things near the rim early on. I yeah, thought I was, he had he had two oh, blocks early and and yeah. I, I thought that had an impact not just on those possessions. Correct. And the Hawks kind of turned it around with you know Aaron Holiday late in the first quarter, providing ball pressure, being uh that instigator and, and, and fighting over screens with good angles, like you mentioned. I thought it was interesting to to compare the end of the first quarter with the end of the third quarter. So, you know, end of the first quarter, Trey is out there with four substitutes. So it's Trey, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Jalen Johnson, and I have no idea who I'm forgetting. Oh, and Yeka Kongwu. Sorry, he's such a he's he's so starter like that I don't even think of him as a as a backup. And so, uh, you know, that unit was really, really good. And it was kind of a similar unit in the third quarter, except 
Clint Capella played a lot longer into the third quarter than he did in the first quarter. And with that unit, I I thought Anyeka was doing a better job than Clint than Clint was. But when I went back and rewatched the tape, you know, I don't think it was like if, I think when I chatted with you by like a text or something, I, I said something like it was chemistry. I don't think it was chemistry. I think Clint just got tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate said something in the post game comments about you know guys don't quite have their legs yet, and it's like well you know training camp's complete. We're playing regular season games. You know how how true can that be? But I think those extra long stints, which are stints that Trey's getting, DeJounte's getting, and in this case, Clint got, which, you know, eight, nine minutes is, is a really long time for somebody who's playing like Clint, who's as big as Clint. Uh, I think that's something that they'll do going forward, you know, giving Clint the long third quarter run so that they have a little bit more flexibility for, you know, whatever option they want to go with in the fourth, if they want Onyeka for free throw shooting or, you know, some sort of switching lineup or, or for, you know, spacing purposes. If if they want to be able to kind of toggle their options, I think they're going to run Clint a little longer in the third quarter and, and he'll get there. Like he, I thought he had a fantastic game defensively, but just that one little stretch there late into the third, it looked like he was a little bit cast. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I also wonder with, since Trey, Trey really didn't get to his spots in the first half much, he, his, his uh, shot quality wasn't quite what you want, I think. Right. In the first half, um, and you know, and we've talked uh, a lot about the fact that Trey may Trey could have said, "Hey, I want more time with Clint in the second half." You know, and since Trey plays the whole you know first and third quarter, it right. could have just been a strategy to get get Trey uh, that help that kind of Clint gives him that Trey has talked about being very comfortable with, and and Trey was much better in the second half offensively, so that's that could that could have something to do with it as well. Um, uh, and, and it also, I think it did set them up, you know, you, um, have talked about, uh, you know, hearing Nate talk about some lineup combinations that he might work with, especially to close games. And they close with JC at 504, Justin Holiday at three. And I think kind of letting Clint kind of burn a lot in the third quarter gives him the, you know, it's kind of sets them up to still have some. If if that might be a Nyeka and some it wasn't in this yep. game but in, in other yep. games right in this case JC and Hunter so I think kind of really getting a lot of bird for the third quarter gives them like a lot of flexibility in the fourth quarter at that um, you know center of power forward position too. So what did you see out of that lineup the the closing lineup with JC et cetera? I thought that was an interesting thing to to go over. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that lineup is going to have to learn how to kind of rebound a little bit better and uh, and you, anyone who you know who watched the game or looks at the um at the box work and kind of see that Houston generated you know a good number of offensive rebounds um they have young like athletic guys guys <laughs> that could re- you know really jump and, and yep. stuff and uh, I mean Shingun is not my favorite player in the league but he he's works really hard on the offensive glass Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, you, I mean, you just saw, like, Jabari Smith is just going to be a handful, you know, <laughs> in that phase as right. well. So, but um, but I, I thought the strategy was that, okay, we've got, you know, you know more than two-possession lead here. Houston's probably going to try to generate shots at the three-point line, so we're just going to go smaller so we can get out on those jump shooters. And I thought that went well, you know. Um, I, I thought it was a good play. And, and I, I think that's something that, I don't know that we've always seen from Nate to kind of on the fly, kind of go to something like that. Now, like you mentioned, he's talked some about that already 
So it wasn't like maybe as on the fly as it kind of seems just, uh, you know, him kind of um, changing direction kind of in, in the game in that sense is not always how he's done it. But, hey, you know, uh, we're all learning and growing. Yeah, even at my age, I'm still trying to learn and grow, Kevin. So, uh, you know, so maybe some kind of, kind of some flexibility uh, there. Um, but I, I, you know, I thought it was an interesting, an interesting move. Um, I, I think JC is going to benefit from getting some time at the at center this year, um, and, and I thought that was a good time for it. Yeah, Nate said something cryptic that almost sounded like a criticism in the pregame about you know how John was going to have to get better at switching, and I don't know that it was necessarily a criticism or just a hey, we're going to do more of it, so he's going to have to acclimate to it. Uh, and, and you could kind of see it there at the end. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, and that and that is kind of a strange thing. I, I don't know. I mean, but I mean, Nate's gonna grade hard on defense all the time, right? <laughs> so you know, so maybe you have to kind of factor that into what you're hearing from. All right, Dejounte Murray, the debut. Wow. We we buried the lead. We did. I mean, what was it? Five stills. I think he had. Yeah, and, and and they weren't ones where like a guy just dropped the ball on his lap. I mean, he was really working for those, um, yes. you know, which helped them generate an, a, a nice edge and fast break points. Um, and then you know, yeah, you know, and then on, on offense, I you know he was shooting the ball well. He was kind of getting to his spots, um, uh, and just kind of looked super comfortable, you know. Um, so, and then I, I thought, you know, like I, I was, as I was watching him play defense, I was imagining prior to this season, like the workload Dre always had to handle, you know, not having a guy like that, that could help on the ball and help pressure the ball and things like that. And I thought that that gave Hunter a chance to kind of, kind of warm up uh, a little bit gradually, uh, defensively as the game went on. I mentioned earlier that his angles um, you know, navigating screens the second half were much, much better than they were in the first half. And, you know, in years where they haven't had like a DeJounte type, you know, that was going to be show up on uh, like last season's opener was Luca. You know, Trey was really good in that game, but there's been times where if Hunter wasn't giving them that primary defender kind of performance, then nothing else worked. Uh, and I thought that with with uh, Hunter having kind of a, a little bit of a slow ramp up on defense, kind of like Trey had an offense, that Dejounte bought them a lot, and then Aaron Holiday at the same time, uh, it kind of kind of bought them a lot of a lot of time with the ball pressure there as well. So, but I mean, what a, I mean, just a great game from Dejounte. I mean, if they get that from him all season long, they're going to be pretty good, pretty good team. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's going to be hard for him to match eleven assists, zero turnovers on a regular basis. Right. I I, I kind of lost my mind a little bit on his one fast break assist to a Kongwu. Where I mean, to me, it looked like a Magic Johnson pass. Like to get the ball, he had to get the ball like through two defenders. Now the defenders and JC and JC. Yeah. And he he kind of had to put it into the you know he he put it down into the wood you know to get the pass through so he kind of jumped in the air put it kind of straight down to somebody who was awfully close to him but like the, the, the most effective way to get it there was, was with a bounce and and I was just I was just astounded by the level of touch because it was 
it was a pass that required force and touch at the same time. It was a pass that you never make. Uh, I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> it's funny in, in real time. I was sure he meant for that to be for JC. Okay. You know, but that's not, I mean, I rewound it a few times and was like, wow, you know, that was actually intended to go to Kongu. Um, and I mean, it, I mean, part of that, I think is just that we're not used to seeing another passer of that level on the team with Trey. Right. For sure. Um, and so, it, so I, I guess maybe I need to raise my expectations when, you know, this non-Trey player being DeJounte is in a position to kind of deliver passes. So that was, that was a phenomenal pass. Um, but just, I mean, the, his decision-making uh, is, is just so uh, on time. His pace is, is excellent. He really reads what the defense is kind of showing him and kind of, and then kind of goes to work like quickly with the, but not too quickly. Um, and, you know, and, and that's something like, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I'm, afraid, I'm kind of afraid that as I, get into some of this, I'm going to sound like I'm pitting kind of DeJounte versus trade. It's not my intent at all. But, you know, if you kind of recall some moments in the past few seasons where it looks like teammates are a little frustrated with like how much Trey was kind of pounding the ball. Right. Um, and the whole group has had to learn and grow together, mature together around trust and things like that, you know, um, and it was a challenge at times. And that's, that's not, you know, for example, just a Trey issue, but I mean, DeJounte just, reads the defense and goes and attacks and and that I think helped everybody else get involved you know and I, and I also think that was a little bit part of why Trey had a little bit of a slow start is that he wasn't dominating the ball as much as he's used to it, from everything I saw Trey bought into that supported that you know what wasn't um you know out of sorts or anything like that so I thought that was fine that Trey just kind of let the game come to him but I mean, just just the the pace and the decisiveness that they showed. Now, again, let's let's see that against a better defense. You know, before we just assume this is how it's going to look all season long. But for that sample, I thought it was just excellent. Is Orlando a better defense? Oh yes, they they have Wendell Carter at at center. <laughs> so I mean that that right there, he's a he's a legitimate uh, defensive center in the league. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know how much else they really have to kind of throw at you, but I mean, as an anchor, you know, he's he's a pretty legitimate guy. Now, if they're playing Mo Bombit Center, it's a little bit, you know, like oh, okay, I'll see what he has this year. But I've never been a big believer in him. But um, you know, they're a young team as well. Um, so, but they're going to be. I mean, Carter's pretty physical, and Carter doesn't like really put up with much, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so it'll be it, it'll be a different experience. I think he's way more physical than what uh, anyone on the rocket on the rocket showed. I mean, as, as much presence as Bruno had, which I enjoyed seeing and, and was happy for him, he still is a little bit more, you know, a more of a finesse big guy than a, than a really really physical big guy. Um, Carter doesn't mess around. <laughs> so it'll be a different experience in that sense, I think. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I, I wanted, while we were on DeJounte, I wanted to see, like, what what it, like, his post-game comments were pretty, like, stark in contrast to what we usually hear, right? Uh, yeah, he's I guess direct. that's He was fair. direct. Yeah, I mean, he's always direct. That That's mm-hmm. for sure. But he... 
you know, he took everything with a grain of salt, so to speak. Right. Uh, I think he realized uh, the caliber of the opponent. Uh, you know, there were certainly some things that he wanted to improve Im- improve upon. He, he, in a weird way, he didn't really. It, it was kind of a couple of fragments of sentences, but he kind of crit- critiqued his own defense, saying that you know there were guys that came around screens and had some space to shoot. And uh, there were a couple of back cuts that, that happened on him that, that he wasn't happy with. So he kind of picked apart his own game uh, really quickly in, in, in a couple of sentences. But yeah, he, he, he wanted to stay on the emotional level. I think, I think that was the biggest thing is that he wasn't going to get giddy uh, over, over the outcome of one game that honestly they should win. Yeah, I, it's funny. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to put him against Trey because, you know, all all these years we've had a chance to hear from Trey often. You know, it's it's a little bit like Trey's still trying to convince you he's he's a good basketball player, and you just want to be like Trey. We get it. You're good. You're really, 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 really good. Uh, but that's, I mean, it's not unique to him. A lot of great players you know, use that self-talk that includes like, nobody believes in me, you know, nobody thinks I can do this as a motivation tactic. And I just kind of seems like Trey could win three MVP awards and he's still going to get out of bed in the morning and be like, yeah, nobody believes in me, you know, and that's just always can kind of be part of him. I don't think Trey's, uh, you know, faking that at all, you know, Right, but, but but because of that, it's, I think it's interesting as the season goes along to hear the contrast between those two, and and again, that's not me criticizing Trey. Trey's a small guy, and uh, you know, and great players, and especially great players who are you know smaller than the average guys that play their sport, oftentimes do uh, really lean into that. So that's not anything I'm going to criticize Trey for. But Dejounte right. saying that wasn't good enough. Dejounte saying it was too close. Dejounte saying I don't care about the highlights. We got the win. Um, it's it's just different. It's going to be. I think it's going to make for an interesting season when it comes to just kind of seeing how the commentary comes from their two best players. I, I would actually uh, push back on that a little bit just because of what happened last night. Um, yeah. Crazy enough, we all right. I get to go in the locker room. <laughs> it's been like and, three years, and, like three years. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if it's just like so new or what. I mean, certainly part of us uh, the NBA policies. It's it's not a huge group going in, but uh, you know, after Trey did his TV interview, it was pretty much just me and him. Hmm. And I was asking him. I was like, you know, okay. I, I don't want to, I can't even remember the wording, so I, I'm not going to be able to replicate it here. But I was basically talking about the fact that the Hawks did a good job forcing turnovers. And, you know, I tried to compare it to, you know, what they did last year. And when I did that, you know, Trey thought I was talking about the turnovers that they had of their own, their own miscues. Hmm. And he's kind of, you know, critiquing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about what you did right. Because, you know, they they forced an awful lot of turnovers last night, had 12 right. steals. And, you know, he, he was ready to kind of pick pick it apart and, and you know, critique himself in that moment. Not quite to the same level that, that DeJounte did, but, you know, it's an honest moment. I, I think it's – I think when you get Trey in a smaller group, he's a little more honest. I think if you get five people, ten people, cameras are on, 
he's there's a little bit more bravado and, and a, a less of a willingness to kind of you know say what he really feels and kind of put up the front of you know hey i'm gonna parry every attack that comes my way i've been underrated my whole life like he, right. he tends to get a little more introspective and it's nice yeah yeah that's that's good to hear i i obviously wasn't there and think to hear that so appreciate you sharing that um but yeah i, mean, I can't really think of anything else to hit i mean yeah, I guess I got one. Well, what, what did you think of of Trey's defense? Because I thought he did one particular thing kind of well, maybe yeah. better than he usually does, and then another one that you know it, it's kind of a, an Achilles heel and kind of stayed an Achilles heel. Yeah, the Achilles heel is the transition stuff. Oh, that's another Achilles heel. So we got. <laughs> two. So I, I thought that he was pretty good when when Houston kind of forced him to be the point of attack defender. I thought he did yeah. a good job. You know, chasing over screens, getting into people's. Uh, yeah, I thought dribbles. the effort was good. Yeah, and, I thought and, that. And, I thought that was good, and then I and, thought the transition defense, like you mentioned, and then just kind of all the general off-ball catching the the back cuts and and being the weak side help and all of that was yeah, yeah. more of more of uh, things that he needs to improve on. Yeah, yeah. The for me, the the transition defense is more about. Like when he falls down to try to, uh, you know, um, bring more attention to the contact he got on the shot, and you know, and I, those there's strategic choices to kind of there's strategic trade offs to make there, and you know, I'm, I, I'm never going to be like too critical there, but I, I, I mean, honestly think they should have fun with it. Like, okay, I know, I know that Vivek Ranadive got absolutely put on a barbecue grill like ten years ago for suggesting, hey, we should just play four on five and have somebody cherry pick, but I'm <laughs> I'm honestly like, okay. You know, we we've seen Trey do this for four years now. Like coming back to the play ten seconds late really doesn't do a whole lot. Like you could kind of get into into their head a little bit if if he just doesn't come back at all. Like what's what's the you know what I mean? Like I Nate Nate would melt. Yeah, it's never going to happen under Nate McMillan. <laughs> I understand that, but like yeah. I just I think there's this. You know, the later you are, like the marginal utility of coming back at that point is just the damage has already been done. Just try to get it back. You know, just go bang bang. Try to throw it over their head and see what happens. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I. Then now uh, that's not an excuse. Like, I want him to get back on defense. Right. I'm no, just I, saying, I, given the alternatives, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, you know, if there were two weeks in January where they they experimented with it, I would I would not be the one casting stones. I'd be, yeah, let let's see what this looks like because, you know, make the best of it. Life gives you lemons. Make make some fast break lemonade. Uh, also, like Leandro Ball is a free agent, and you know that's what they did in high school. Like, yeah, time right. So, um, yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I, so it, I think it's be interesting as. The Hawks invest more, you know, uh, from the roster construction standpoint. Now that we're in season, like the way the I think the rotations constructed, et cetera, et cetera, invest more on defense. I'm curious to see if that'll kind of affect the strategic choices Trey makes sometimes to draw more attention uh, to contact he's getting when he's not getting calls and things like that or not. So just I think it's something I'm going to keep an eye on. That I find interesting to see if that's going to evolve like over the season. Um, and the other thing is just, I don't think we kind of talked about Hunter. I, I think you're, um, I think you had a chance to talk to him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, he looked phenomenal. Uh, and again, again, like it was Rockets defense, you know, but he was decisive. 
Uh, he knew where he wanted to get. He kind of went right for that spot when he had the ball. I thought DeJounte and Trey both did a great job recognizing when he had a matchup that he could take advantage of and, and set him up and, and got him the ball in those spots. And to me, like, that was the most encouraging thing that I saw in offense overall was just how, as a unit, they really kind of immediately identified the right matchup and went at it. You know, that's not always my favorite style of offense. We know that's what Nate emphasizes, right? Mm-hmm. But I thought that they're, um, the, how quickly they identified that and executed um, kind of the, the right thing they identified was just a, a, a big step above where it was at any point last year. Um, and, you know, if again, that's what they're going to pursue. That, when your secondary uh, scorers are, you know, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, the mismatches are going to be the thing that give them their best opportunity to contribute. And so I thought that was that was encouraging. But again, we'll see how that looks against um, Orlando and then kind of going forward from there. But I, I thought the ball sharing and just kind of making collective decisions instead of already kind of watching Trey make decisions, which he is completely capable of doing, Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the collective decision making was something that was a really, really stark contrast from last year. Yeah, I mean, I like that Hunter in particular is not hesitating when he gets the ball. He's he's making for the most part, you know, quick, valid decisions. I still think that at times he gets the blinders on a little bit. Like it, it so, somehow I don't. I'm going off on a tangent here, but you know, I think I think it's a little bit contagious. Like they kind of grew up basketball wise together, but like last night, Cam Reddish played 28 minutes, played really well, scored 22 points. I think it was five rebounds, three steals, and in those 28 minutes, he had zero assists. Like, <laughs> like I think some of that, you know, you just it rubs off like, you know, basketball is, is a learned behavior. And, and when you, yeah. you know, you learn around somebody like Cam Reddish, you, you might learn some of their bad tendencies too. And yeah, I when, when you know, when Deandre gets it, he's usually making the right decision for himself, but I just, I want him to keep like the bailout option in mind. Okay. Plan a didn't work. It doesn't have to be, I do plan B. It could be somebody else executes plan B for me. And I, I think he can do a better job of that. I agree. I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on there. It's funny. He sees the weak side of the floor better when he's crowded on the strong side, mm-hmm. but he doesn't always see the pass. That's one pass away. The simple pass. Right. right. Um, so that, that's something to keep an eye on. It's kind of funny that I, did Hunter have an assist or two? It seems like he had one, maybe two. I don't recall for sure i mean he might like when he's just playing in the flow uh i i think you know he probably gets some assists it's it's in those plays where you know like you said nate likes to match up hunt and when it gets to match up hunt time for him uh i think you know those are the situations where he he could be a little bit more of a passer yeah yeah it's and it's it's kind of funny um because anytime we talk like this or anytime i get to a conversation like this i i remind I'm reminded of the fact that even to this day, Kevin Durant is a passer before he dribbles. Once he dribbles, he's a shooter, like 100% of the time. I shouldn't say right. 100%, right? And he's, but but that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can shoot over everybody. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's a different thing. But it's just, it is interesting to see that there are guys like at the highest, highest, highest level 
that still has that kind of deficiency, you know, right. of sorts. Um, Kevin Durant obviously can kind of get away with that. Um, it was funny though to think about the assists because I got a text after the game last night from someone who didn't get to watch the game live, and the text was nine rebounds, seven assists. Is that right? That can't be right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bruno had seven assists in that game. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, he's that. That's been a that's a strength for him, Mike. That's, for sure, you and I that, talked about that. Yeah, like that's, he that's he, fine. he came to the league. He came to the league in my mind already above average at uh, handling DHO. Just yep. he's just so fluid, you know, in that sense um, and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, and then you know the, the offense that Houston runs, they they play through his DHO capabilities a lot. So, yep. um, which is a better situation than for him than kind of the screen and roll that Trey has always kind of run with Capella to Kongu and JC and things like that. So yep. just uh, really happy to see Bruno and, you know, got a, for him, a nice contract. He's getting to start get how we'll have a chance to kind of, kind of show what he can do. I'm rooting for him for sure. I was happy to see him do well. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else? I should uh, check my notes here, but I think, I think I got to everything. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Jalen was the first, Guy off the bench? Did, did that surprise you? I mean, it was by like thirty seconds, so I. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I I wouldn't put any super stock into it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, that was partly to line up JC to help Dejounte's non-trade minutes, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I guess you know one of the things that just kind of really impressed me. Uh, was was watching a Kongwu on some of Shangun's back down plays. I, I think he got a foul on one, but like, you know, Shangun would get into the fifth and sixth bump, and you know he's gained maybe an inch, two inches. Like a Kongwu just didn't go anywhere, and yeah. it's like okay, that that that's impressive. Like, you know, even even the best defensive bigs, you know, in a lot of those situations, you know, they they give up a little bit of ground. It, it almost, you know, a Congo was just, just not moving. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I know we can't get too far into this, but to see a Congo defend this year, because like the guys that he is first year and into second year last year was dealing with, like, indeed, hardly a place with his back to the basket anymore. Like, oh, what Philadelphia does now is a lot right. more face up with the beat, right? Yep. And then Giannis is is pick and roll when he's at the five, right? Yep. Um, and so there's there's not really like uh, got, you know you got Bam and you kind of keep hopping around the conference and it's like uh, you know there's not so many guys, but Shingun that's his best skill for yes. sure right now. Uh, and and Shingun will get stronger as he continues to you know, kind of get older and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I I, I thought his technique was good. Shingun got him one time when he turned baseline. I think it just kind of caught a Kongu by surprise. Yeah, uh, got to the rim. I think that was. It seems like that was the only one. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, already we already got the Clint versus Congo kind of Twitter uh, thing going, which I'm going to just ignore the entire freaking season. Um, <laughs> I, I am team 48 good minutes at center every game. So uh, right. you know, and, and it was interesting because it was coming off the game against the Pelicans, where he had to go up against Valanciunas, and and that was maybe the game where. You know, a Kongwu looked about as bad at that one particular skill yeah. as, as he's ever looked. So it was good to see him kind of, you know, in a different different caliber of of bumper, so to speak. 
that he was going against, but uh, he came back very in- intentional against that and just, you know, with a, with a totally different outcome than, than what he had last week. Yeah. Uh, very excited about him. I think the last kind of big area on defense is just defending without fouling, just kind of continue to make progress on that, which uh, most young bigs need to need some time with that. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm team 48 minutes of good play at center every game. We don't have to do, we don't have to do the other thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at some point it, it gets, it's going to get expensive and For sure. decisions will have to be made and, and none of that should have to, you know, none of that should have to take place this season. Just enjoy Agreed. what you have. Everything's the stars have lined up and just enjoy it. Agreed. All right. I think that's everything I've got. I'm going to append some uh, DeAndre Hunter audio on the end of this, and uh, we get another game tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Have a good night, Glenn. Thanks, Kevin. You too. Yep. Morning. Good afternoon. Was it uh, good to get one in the books after the extension and just kind of play through it and get back to normal? Yeah, definitely. Um, signing the extension was definitely a big weight off my shoulders, mentally and physically. But um, yeah, it was it was just fun. You know, first game of the year at home, it was just a fun environment, fun playing with this team. In the last week or so, a couple of guys have said uh, something to the effect of, you know, we've we've got to get DeAndre some help. You know, meaning that you you've been one of the catalysts on the defensive end, and now with Dejounte in the fold and with Clint feeling better. You know that that there's more defensive presence around you. Do you feel that way? Uh, definitely. Uh, just having another wing, you know, perimeter defender. Um, that's that's big for us. Someone like DJ gets steals. He can keep his man in front. Uh, having a healthy CC who can protect the rim, JC who can protect the rim. Uh, just you know, makes my job a lot easier. And <clears throat> makes the team's job a lot easier because we can you know rely on each other a little more. Last season, the Hawks were 30th out of 30 teams in fast break points mm-hmm. last night and it was like nine like nine something a game last night you had 28 mm-hmm. a lot of steals a lot of fast break points do, do you feel like that's going to be a big change for you this season uh yeah i think so uh, just having someone else who can handle the ball in transition uh and myself who can handle the ball in transition uh just makes the break a lot faster um <clears throat> we have some quick pretty quick bigs um as in JC and Clint, also O, and Jalen as well, guys who can get up and down the floor pretty easy. So, um, yeah, just getting that break started is the biggest thing, and we have guys that can score, shoot from every position on there. So, um, definitely makes that uh, fast break a lot easier. One of the things that John brought up kind of unprompted last night, he just he, he noted that, you know, one of the things that he liked was the new take foul rule. He felt that, you know, one of the reasons you got 28 fast break points is that when there was a steal, the other team couldn't kind of grab you to slow you down. You got to kind of finish the play. Did you did you feel that presence of, of that in, in effect? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you can even see the possession when I took it or when DeJounte stole it, when I stole it, uh, and there's one dude in front of us and they can't foul you. It's like, oh, you see, there's going to be a layup or a foul at the basket. So, um it just makes the game a lot faster and a lot more fast breaks for sure. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good day. Help me. Help me.